So, uh, if you wonder what's going on, you just hear Oh, you just hear We're getting ready to go live on Facebook Live. This is our first time back at uh, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com in a few weeks. But we're back now. I'm going to start officially here in just one second. Uh, three, two, one. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am the aforementioned Tony Visick. We come to you most weeks, six days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. Uh, like I said, we come to you on a var variety of platforms, Facebook Live, uh, SoundCloud, Mixler, Listener, Mugger, Chugger, Bugger, uh, and of course on our flagship uh, internet-based radio station, Comedy Schools, RadioNetwork.com. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your pals. There's something new to do it, too, on Facebook Live and other social media, and it's this show. Uh, I'm wearing a Los Angeles Clipper hat <clears throat> because uh, I'm celebrating. Now, it's a short-lived celebration because new work uh, must be done <clears throat> starting tomorrow night. But yesterday, the Los Angeles Clippers won Game 7 against the Dallas Mavericks and have now advanced to the second round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, they uh, will be playing the Utah Jazz, who were the uh, dominant force in the Western Conference all year this year and are a legitimate dominant force, and it will not be easy. Um, I am a long-suffering L.A. Clippers fan. I started following the L.A. Clippers when they were abysmal back in the eight, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, because I was looking for something to do with my kid and uh, something fun and different, and they had very cheap seats. And we got to see some great teams. They had a lot of fun. Watched the team get better by the mid-2000s, 2005, 2006, the Elton Brand, Corey Maggette era, uh, where they actually went to the playoffs and went too deep. And then watch them uh, sink into the abyss again. And then rise up. And we had the Blake Griffin, Chris Paul era where they made the playoffs, I think, every year for I don't know how many years. I want to say 10, but not that many. But made the playoffs on a regular basis, but always faded out. Never made it past the second round. Last year was supposed to be their year in the brand new Kawhi Leonard, Paul George era. And they made it to the second round. So, I am thrilled. And I'm especially thrilled because it looked like at one point that the Clippers were going to lay down in the first round this year. Uh, they lost the first two games of this seven-game series. Lost them at home. Not good. Won the second two games on the road in Dallas. Finally, yesterday, seventh game uh, at home at Staples Center. And keep in mind, neither Dallas nor Los Angeles had won a home game in the entire of all the six games. Finally, L.A. won, dominated, finally figured out that uh, the Dallas Mavericks are really uh, one player, and that's Luka Doncic, and what a player he is. We do not disrespect that guy one bit. He did a fantastic job. So uh, <clears throat> they're going to need to build a team around him, and he's going to have to get in better condition because he fades always in the fourth, but yesterday he, fa he faded in the uh, second half. The conditioning's just not there. I, I don't think. I think that uh, next year we will see a leaner, meaner, faster, and more focused Luka Doncic because uh, he's a young man who uh, should be in teams that uh, advance much further in the first round. Two years in a row now, knocked out by uh, the Clippers. But I was a happy day for me. 
a happy day for me that they went on, which means I now get to have anxiety and misery for several more days starting tomorrow night when they play the Utah Jazz. Now, I just would imagine I do live in Phoenix, Arizona, and the only team I ever had uh, season tickets to is the Phoenix Sun. Where the, is it? Is or what? Six years ago, during the Gore. Six years ago, during the Gore. Six years ago, during the Gore. Six years ago, during the Gore and Dragic, Morris brothers era, with Eric Bledsoe and and others on the team. We didn't have a full season ticket package because some nights just work night, work nights. I wasn't able to go, so we had a half season ticket package. We were down there about 20, 25 times and watched them in a winning season when they came in ninth and didn't quite make the playoffs. But tonight. They begin, um, who are they playing? I forget off the top of my head. The Suns are moving into the second round uh, off of the strength of Devin Booker and former L.A. Clipper Chris Paul. Chris Paul made the L.A. Clippers a legitimate contender when he came over from the New Orleans Saints in the 2000s. Chris Paul has made the Phoenix Suns a legitimate contender this year. So in honor of them, the only, uh, of all the bobbleheads I have, according to my grandson, I have 91, uh, Amari Stoudemire bobblehead. So go Suns tonight. Go Suns tonight. It would be pretty exciting for me, and I think for a lot of people, to see a Clipper Suns uh, finals in the Western Conference. And that can happen. That can happen. Okay, in honor of the Clippers, my very first bobblehead ever, and I just got it. I went to a game to go give them bobbleheads. It was oh, great. This is my first one. Okay, Darius Miles. Okay, 2000-2001 Clipper. Kind of a washout. They thought he was going to be great. He just turned out to be pretty good. So, this is what we want to see in the NBA Finals. We want the Clippers to beat the Jazz. Uh, we, want the, uh, we want the Suns to beat Denver. And then we want these two teams, yeah, meeting in the Finals. Oh, man. Won't that be great? Uh, shout out to friends of mine like Brian Mullen, uh, who uh, at one time owned uh, the Speakeasy Comedy Club here in Phoenix. Long-time comedy guy, uh, long-time hardcore uh, basketball guy. He knows more about basketball than I know on my best day. He's a big Phoenix Suns fan. Shout-out to him because his team went on. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Lakers. Now, it would be great for the Suns, I know, to have beaten the Lakers in the first round and the Clippers in the third round. That's not going to happen. If the Suns make it the third round, the Clippers make it the third round, the Clippers are going to beat the Suns but it will be a heck of a game. If the Suns win and go on to the championship against whoever's on the East, Philadelphia or Brooklyn, looking more and more like Brooklyn every day, uh, I will be rooting for the Suns. So that's what's going on with that. A, a word about uh, LeBron James. Hold on, let me read some of the comments before I get into this, okay? Uh, hey, Tina, Mike, hey, Brother Jer, uh, Jim Perry, Randy, uh, who else we got going here? Uh, I'm trying to get it. Uh, Jim Perry says, I'm fading in the second half of my life, LOL, I'm tired. You know, if I were Jim Perry, I'd be tired too. Jim Perry is the uh, owner, proprietor, the uh, main engine. He's the little engine that could of J.P.'s Comedy Club. JPscomedyclub.com, 860 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona. When you think comedy, you think Gilbert. When you think Gilbert, you think J.P. Jay, tell them what they've won. What they've won is a chance to see comedy at J.P.'s Comedy Club. I got a bunch of stuff going on down there this week. I'm going to tell you about in a little bit. Wednesday night, Ordered Chaos. I'm uh, uh, promoting and producing my first uh, improv comedy show at JP's with my friend, the VA number one improv guru in the Valley, Ken Ferguson. 
got that going on Sunday at 4 p.m. Class Clowns, uh, the longest running, that is now officially the longest running comedy showcase in the Valley of the Sun, going on 21 years, uh, 20 years, going on 21, we have produced this show. No other showcase has lasted longer or been better. Uh, Saturday afternoon at noon, we got free intro to improv. Monday night, free intro to my stand-up comedy class with four opportunities at JP. So, Jim, I will be tired, too. Maybe we'll take a little nap together. Daniel Wayne says, I'm a Clippers fan during the Utah series because I know the Suns can beat them. Paul Whitney says, Suns, Clippers finals, someone would actually have to win. It would be something. Yeah, it would be something. Okay? And uh, once again, shout-out to my Dallas Mavericks fans. Uh, they played a heck of a game. Luka is something. I think you'll agree with me. What you know, you begin if you when you watch a lot of basketball and you get to watch these teams in the finals. Good teams, all good teams played against each other. Uh, Luca fades into fourth, sometimes in the third quarter, and it might be. I heard one of the announcers, it might have been Jeff Van Gundy, say it might be an issue of conditioning. It might be that the guy has so much natural talent, speed, and strength, and he's got all of them, and he's so young that his training regimen is not what it should be. Uh, oh, and Daniel Wayne says class clowns on a holiday. Yeah, we've been holding class clowns at uh, JP's now uh, since uh, last uh, September. And oddly enough, our show, and Sunday, yeah, Sunday shows, the, uh, the classes have all fallen on the holidays. This time it's not. The holiday will be the one that your mind and heart takes when you're full of mirth and laughter at our uh, show. Uh, Friday night, I've got a Zoom show. i got a Zoom show. I'm still doing Zoom shows. Still giving Zoom classes, too. Like to, uh, be involved with a word about LeBron James. Right now, as we speak, the L.A. Lakers are still the reigning world champions of basketball. They are the champions from last year. Until a new champion is crowned, until a new team wins, after all the... Uh, 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 the rounds in the in the West and the East, and then the East Coast team meet the West Coast team. They are still the champions. And I watched LeBron James uh, in a lot of the Suns games. Uh, he is a phenomenal player. He is a phenomenal human being. I hear a lot of people trash talk trash talk LeBron James. And a lot of the reason that I hear people trash talk talking LeBron James is because he has actually taken a stance on many of the issues that have been confronting America. Uh, in the last year or two. Uh, not just COVID, but I mean, a lot, so much of the racial injustice. So much of uh, the racial injustice, so much of the uh, reckoning of racial injustice has come to the fore in the last year. Uh, and um, I'll have people go, you know what, he needs to just shut up. Just shut up and play basketball. He's paid to play basketball. I don't know why, and look, I'm paid to uh, teach stand-up comedy classes and to be a stand-up comic. Those are uh, my two primary gigs. Okay, for years I was just a stand-up comedy, a stand-up comedian. Not just a stand-up comedian. I'm mean, a club owner. Okay, I'm a booking agent. Okay, I'm a comedy guy. People ask me, they go, what are you? I'm a comedy guy. That's what I am. Um, but I have a right to an opinion. I have a right to express those opinions. And I try to make sure that my opinions are informed. That I'm not just going off half-cocked. That I'm not just like a nine-year-old going, it's not fair, what about him? They're not doing that. Just because someone says something I don't like, that I dislike them. I have a right to do that. You have a right to do that. Keep in mind that right comes responsibility. The responsibility is to make informed decisions and not just be attacking people because of what you feel. Feelings aren't facts. I don't think, I don't like a society that's based on people's feelings. 
I uh, recently someone said, well, I don't want to discount anyone's personal experience. I will discount your personal experience if it's based on a what I what I perceive to be a perceptual perceptual filter that's flawed. Uh, I hear a lot of people attack LeBron James. They don't attack Kurt Schilling. Okay? They don't attack Ted Nugent. Okay? They didn't attack Donald Trump for 15 years. Donald Trump's main gig was star of a TV show. Now, keep in mind, reality shows are not reality. I was talking to someone the other day here in my neighborhood who was on a reality show recently. In the last year or two. I'm not going to say the name of the reality show. But the guy was on it. And he told me, with so many people tell me that are on reality shows, he goes, the whole thing's a sham. The whole thing's a sham. He goes, they said that I'd won. He goes, but uh, uh, afterwards, you know, they had the right to rescind that win. They said they were giving me a certain amount of money and help me out uh, with X, Y, and Z. He goes, none of it happened. Because after a few months, they said, uh, it, was, it was a business show. After a few months, they said, we don't think your product is uh, going to live up to our standards. And, and they pulled it all off. Now, on TV, he looked like a winner. It was one of those things where sitting there going, oh, look, a guy just like us who came up with an idea and he won. So many of these reality shows are sham. They're just shows. Any of the money that was given away in The Apprentice or Celebrity Apprentice was not Donald Trump's money. The office was in a studio in Rockefeller Plaza. The boardroom table was a big hunk of plywood that was painted and put down in the studio. It was all just a... All reality shows are fake. They're just fake. I'm not a fan of reality shows. Reality shows came along during a time and filled the void because of writer strikes where production companies and networks go, wow, we can produce shows for half or 75 or 20 or 75 percent off, you know, because we have to pay writers and actors. That's what the void they fill. They make rich people richer. I was reading about these home shows recently where people go in and get their home redone and sometimes then, uh, uh, the taxes go way up on it because it's now assessed higher and they can't afford the taxes. People win cars on game shows. Win uh, cars on game shows and then are, are winning some big cash prize. They have to pay all these taxes, put them in a different tax bracket. Um, these shows are designed to do what all shows are done, to, to profit the people making the show and to be able to sell advertising and our subscription. The Apprentice and Celebrity Apprentice was just a silly TV show. One that I never watched. Yet the entire time, Donald Trump was uh, felt free to give his opinions on everything. Ooh, that's not what I would do. That's not what I think. You know what we have to do. So when I hear people attacking LeBron James, uh, usually see say people who agree with right-wing Kurt Schilling, uber right-wing Ted Nugent, and goofball Donald Trump. LeBron James is a great basketball player. Now, I don't really pay much attention to the opinions of actors and our celebrities, our, our, our playing out celebrities. I just don't pay attention to them a lot. When I started taking my little girl to basketball games well over 20 years ago, it was during the Ron Artest, Latrice Freewell. Uh, uh, you know, it was during a time when basketball was a rougher game uh, and the personalities were a little rougher at the time, too. And I explained to her that the only thing that these guys really had to offer us is what they did on the four corners of the floor. And there, they are something to watch. I said, but outside of the basketball arena, they're no smarter than almost any of us sitting here watching. Some may be, but for the most part, they're just average, 
they got a, they're average or above average or regular people. They have a right to their opinion, but the fact that you can make a three-point shot or the fact that you can throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball or the fact that the camera seems to uh, like your face when you talk or when you walk or when you move does not mean that your opinion is superior to anyone else's. And we have to get over that. We have to inform our own opinion. That being said, I agree with a lot of what LeBron James says. I don't know everything that he said. There may have been things that he tweeted or posted that I disagree with. All right? I'm the chairman of a Democratic Social Committee out here in Maricopa. There's things that my, uh, my friends on that uh, Social Committee say that I disagree with. There's things that I say that they disagree with. I don't dislike them or discount them. So LeBron James is a great basketball player. He has a right to say whatever he wants. I just thought I'd bring that up. Okay. All right. Just like you have the right to say. Um, you know what? I also brought my, uh, just to show you what a Clipper fan I am. I've got about 10 Clipper hats. Uh, here's my blue one. So uh, as I was driving, why do I have a red and blue? So I got a blue and I got a red. So as I was driving through Los Angeles, we go to a game. Depending what neighborhood I was in, I could switch out the hat so I wouldn't get shot. I don't want to get shot over basketball. I don't know. Basketball is just a lot of fun to me. I, uh, I'm more of an event guy than a sports guy. I started out as a kid loving baseball and boxing. Later on, morphed into uh, loving football more than uh, those two. And then later on, now in late in life, basketball. Uh, I think they're all fun. I think those guys have a right to say and do whatever they want. You know, um, I don't pay any attention to what they say for the most part. I don't let it uh, uh, change my opinion about their team or their play. But I just like good events. Uh, Daniel Wayne said he lost the playoffs just to have more time to promote Space Jam. Oh, man! Daniel Wayne, the cynic. Daniel Wayne is claiming. Daniel Wayne, very funny guy. You'll be able to see him this Sunday at 4 p.m. at JP's Comedy Club uh, when he participates in Class Clowns. He's claiming that uh, LeBron tanked it so he could promote Space Jam. I don't know. Does anybody else think that's true? I don't know. Kirk Nerby, you're watching. You think it's true? Uh, red and blue hats for politic affiliations. Nice. Politic affiliations. Yeah, you know what? It's the same thing. Democrat, Republican. Democrat. I don't wear my red clipper hat anymore because then people think it's a MAGA hat from a distance. You wear a MAGA hat. And I, you know what's funny? Is, uh, I have a New York Mets uh, spring training cap. An official New York Mets spring training camp. I forget where I got it, but it is, and, and it fits my head really well. Okay, I got a weird head. Some hats fit me well, and some hats, same size, don't fit me. And people get mad. And go, Mets fan, huh? I go, no, hat fan. It's summer. It's summer in Phoenix. And I'm a fan of a hat. I just I happen to own a lot of hats. I don't know why. Uh, I'll start getting something. I'll get a lot of it, like comic books and old time radios and hats and coins. Just, uh, and I'm not even a serious collector. I just gobble up for a while until I get to this. All right, what else can I tell you? I showed you the two bobbleheads. Amari Stoudemire. Great son. Darius Miles. It's supposed to be a great clipper. Okay, so I got the bobblehead. Um, I told you about the shows at JP. I got it on my high horse about LeBron J. Um, what else? I can not you ever have those days? You go, oh. um, let's just go to the music, okay? Because I got a great, uh, I got a great CD here for you. Uh, I dug this out. 
Uh, and, you know, this house is going to be, I may be, um, I may be for a couple days, I may be broadcasting you guys from the hotel. Because Cheryl and I and uh, Roscoe and Ray, that's our dog and our cat, uh, may have to uh, hightail to the hotel for a couple days because we're getting new floors put in. And I don't know what kind of chaos that's going to cause in the house uh, during that time. So, uh, I'm, Shirley's already, they're going to move the furniture, we're going to move the knickknacks, which is a big enough problem. It's a big enough problem, you know? So, uh, I say thank God we're not getting the bathrooms done. we got a place to store our stuff. That being said, I started digging through the music and came across this gem. Uh, I bought a bunch of these at one time. Uh, 1965, Volume 1, A Year in Your Life. Is that what it's called? It's called, yeah, A Year in Your Life. So these are top, I got these and I got them all the way up through 73 or 76. And they are like the top 10 songs. I don't know. I don't really. I haven't really looked it up. See if these are top ten sellers of uh, that year. And what's cool about the sixties uh, one, sixty five, sixty six, sixty seven, sixty eight, is the incredible mix of songs. Because during that time, uh, AM radio was still king. FM radio first started becoming something in nineteen sixty five in San Francisco. Then uh, other cities, sixty six, sixty seven, St. Louis, Missouri, the KC ninety five. Uh, FM started to be a place where rock music was played, and uh, there was a split. But in the mid-60s, you could hear soul, R&B, uh, uh, easy listening, pop standards, rock and roll, all on the same stage. To give you an idea, here's the top ten songs according to uh, A Year in Your Life. Uh, original recordings, original artists right here, right now. Uh, what we got? Uh, the Birds doing Mr. Tambourine Man, which was a Bob Dylan pen tune. Uh, then the Four Tops. So you got kind of a psychedelic, what was considered psychedelic or acid rock by the Birds. At the same time, coming right out of uh, uh, Hitsville, USA, uh, from Motown, the Four Tops, doing I Can't Help Myself, Sugar Pie, Honey Bunch, what a great song. Then the McCoys doing Hang On Sloopy, which was a big hit, and nobody knows anything about the McCoys after that. Then, of course, the godfather of soul, the hardest working man in showbiz is James Brown. Ow! Doing, I got you. I feel good. Right back to Beast Boys doing California Girls. Petula Clark, I Know a Place. The Searchers, Love Potion Number 9. Then the Yardbirds, part of uh, uh, what was quickly becoming rock coming out of England. Doing For Your Love. Very similar to the Birds, Mr. Tambourine Man. A whole new, completely different sound. Uh, the Strange Loves doing I Want Candy. Later on, redone, uh, my generation, are, uh, a lot of my generation uh, do that from Bow Wow Wow. I want candy. And my favorite from that year, Billy Joe Royal doing Down in the Boondocks. Down in the Boondocks. So we got all of that on one CD. Pop music, rock music, pop standards, and uh, rhythm and soul and rock. The song I'm going to recommend, the song I'm going to recommend is Billy, Roll jo Billy, Ro Billy Joe Royal doing Down in the Boondocks. Down in the Boondocks. One of those great songs about uh, star-crossed love about a poor guy from uh, a part of, a bad part of town being in love with a rich girl. I love her, she loves me, but I don't fit in her society. Lord have mercy on a poor boy from down in the boondocks. 
one of the great American stories, one of the great American ideas, you know, one of those that fought against class distinction for many years. The battle against class distinction in America is ongoing and continues. The movie Gangs in New York was about the beginning of class distinction. The poor people living in Five Points, the rich people living uptown. Um, uh, that has continued on throughout the history of America. There are people who always fight to divide us, and always people who fight that divide. Even though it's a silly love song, it's one of the songs that fights that divide. Down in the Boondocks by Billy Joe Royal. Uh, a little backstory on it. It was written by a guy named Joe South. Now, Joe South was known to the American public for one big hit. And that was, because um, um, right now I've got, I've got the, the biggest hit that he had. It was actually done by someone else. Games People Play, which was kind of a psychedelic sounding uh, song. I saw, and I love the song. What a game people play now. Every night and every day now. Kind of like a Harper Valley PTA, once again pointing out hypocrisy. Uh, hypocrisy in society. That's what all these songs do. <clears throat> Billy Joe Royal was a uh, session musician, song plugger, producer, studio guy who wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. Uh, had one big, he originally, uh, the song that was his biggest hit, he originally did it, was not a hit when he did it. But the game people play was a great kind of hippie-ish song. I saw him one time on TV, he's wearing a poncho, it looked like he, he looked like one of those guys that always combed, combed his uh, pompadour down and looked like a hippie. Uh, it's a cool song. His biggest hit, Joe South's biggest hit, was uh, I Beg Your Pardon, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden, which not only became a hit song, but became part of the American lexicon when people say, hey, that ain't right, and well, no one promised you a rose garden. <laughs> Uh, Billy Joe, uh, Joe South popularized that phrase with his song uh, done by, uh, I want to say Lynn Anderson, someone else who was kind of a, as far as pop music going, a one-hit wonder, but popular in, in country music for many years. That was his massive hit that he penned, but my favorite of his is this syrupy, high drama, uh, uh, Down in the Boondocks, and that is our musical recommendation for the day from 1965, Billy Joe Royal. Uh, singing Joe South down in the boondocks. We covered basketball, a little politics, comedy, stuff coming up, stuff you can see, stuff you can participate in. We got all of it and more for you, and we do that every day at 2 right here on Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Thanks a lot. See you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Now, for you guys who are still... Uh, for you guys who are still on uh, um, listening, just listening, so you're listening, please. there's a little bonus coming afterwards. Um, you know what? If you really want to hear something really strange, too, uh, listen to the McCoy thing and hang on, Sloopy. All right, I gotta go. We gotta press the button. They're, they're taking me off the air. They're taking me.